Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Go 24-7 podcast. I am publisher Billy Embody. With me later in the podcast, we'll be joined by Spartan tailgate Stephen Brooks, as well as LSU quarterback Joe Burrow on uh, this Friday edition of the podcast as LSU is now in Washington, D.C., set to take on Michigan State in the Sweet 16 of the NCAA tournament. So, Actually, as you're listening to this podcast, I'll probably be in the air flying to Washington, D.C. Um, for the Sweet 16 matchup between the Spartans and the Tigers. I'll be on hand in D.C. for that one. It tips off at 6.09 p.m. Central Time on CBS. You can follow it on CBS, the CBS Sports app, or uh, follow us on Go247.com. If you haven't subscribed to Go247.com, I encourage you to. We're a part of the 24-7 Sports Network. Check us out at Go247.com. Got plenty of hoops, football, baseball, recruiting coverage for you. Um, If you haven't checked us out before, go ahead, do it. If you're a longtime subscriber, if you're a new subscriber, we appreciate you guys for jumping on board with us. So, um, And check out our podcast page and leave us a review and a rating, please. Um, we appreciate it. So on to the pod. A um, couple things to get to right off the bat with, with LSU football. Uh, the Tigers back on the practice field on Thursday. I was out there to take in practice. Christian Fulton back on the practice field after being cleared to resume running. Uh, that was kind of the only newsy thing out of that uh, Thursday practice outside of the hordes of high school coaches coming in for LSU's Coaches Clinic, which is going on Friday um, over in the PMAC. Uh, Joe Brady, Dave Aranda, Greg McMahon, uh, plenty of uh, presenters throughout the day as as the coaches uh, welcome some of the nation's uh, best high school coaches to the PMAC, um, like I said, for presentations. And then they're going to take in the scrimmage on Saturday. But Christian Fulton returned to the practice field, looked good running around. Um, he was kind of in the same, uh, I guess, deal as, as Caleb on Chasson. So he's not in pads, um, but he's not in a non-contact uh, jersey, which I guess is a good sign. But um, just in a jersey and, and a helmet, running around, getting the field for things, uh, it's safe to say he's still out for the remainder of the spring, but certainly good to get him some work, um, get get kind of back into the swing of things uh, before the summer and before spring ball wraps up um, just a week from tomorrow. Um, As far as the rest of the week went uh, with LSU on the uh, practice field, um, really watched a little bit of the defensive line. I still think Tyler Shelvin and, and Apu Aika and Sonny Ship touched on this in our podcast earlier this week. Apu Aika, Tyler Shelvin, both look fantastic. Um, they, they need to drop some weight, but they move really, really well um, for their size. And, and as I was watching them, they were running through a drill, and this was Tuesday's practice. Um, Jarrell Cherry is, is, is getting a lot of buzz uh, from Ed Ogeron when he's working with that unit. Uh, he's getting plenty of praise. Um, he's shedding blocks well. He moves well. He looks good. He looks just strong um, at the point of attack. So... Uh, Jarrell Cherry, somebody that uh, could certainly push for some snaps behind Caleb on Chasson to you know, maybe kind of keep him fresh and, and keep him um, a little bit more um, uh, healthy. 
So that's kind of some of the practice notes. I stopped by uh, the coach's clinic to hear Barry Alvarez speak on Thursday evening. Um, and, and while he was, he had some great stories and, and he's uh, just obviously one of the best to ever do it. Uh, I did get to catch up with, with Bill Bush a little bit and we, we chatted and um, you know, a lot of, a lot has been made about the, the battle at free safety. But uh, one thing I picked up from him was um, Keenan Jones. Uh, they, they love him back at safety. Uh, he made the switch over from wide receiver. He was the Berwick uh, standout uh, who signed with the Tigers as a wide receiver. Uh, he's a great track guy. He's 6'3", 210. He really looks the part back there. And the thing about him is, is they're kind of making the uh, comparison to Jacoby Stevens, who uh, played uh, wide receiver when he came in for a little bit due to depth issues, uh, but was obviously a great safety coming out of high school, just kind of a total athlete. And um, LSU took him and, and has now play, turned him into that quarters role. And so um, they're doing the same with Keenan Jones. The light really hasn't come on for him, I would say. But he's somebody that as he continues to play and get experience, he, he played all on special teams last year, he's a big special teams guy for LSU. And so as he continues to play and kind of get into that game speed, they really feel like he's going to be a good player for them at that position. So uh, that was um, one thing that I really, really took away from that conversation was just how high they are on Keenan Jones at, at that quarter safety position. Again, just a, a good physical looking uh, guy back there at safety. Um, so that was that was a good takeaway. Bill Bush seems obviously really happy. He's got a contract extension. Uh, they're recruiting really well, and, and uh, he's a guy that, that has a lot to be happy about. And um, one thing we, we spoke about, Ned Ogeron kind of touched on it on Tuesday night, was just the competition everywhere. He just feels like top to bottom, they're, this team uh, this team has a chance to be really, really good. And, and I'm, I'm starting to feel the same. Um, the offense, um, and, and this kind of flips over to another conversation I had with John DeCoster, um, on uh, Thursday night as well. He's the tight ends coach for LSU and he's been through it all. He's uh, probably, he's probably the only coach on, currently on the offensive side of the ball outside of Steve Ensminger that's been through all three offenses. So Ed Ogeron's interim year, Matt Canada's uh, year, and then Steve Ensminger's uh, first year as offense coordinator. And he said, he said to me, I, th I think we have this one right. This is, this has a chance to be pretty special. Just all the personnel groupings that they're doing. And I, and, and I'll, I'll set your expectations low right now. Uh, they're going to be kind of vanilla in the spring game. So you can, take that for for what it's worth but I don't expect LSU to to show much in the spring game this is an offense that is getting a lot of pub and uh when you see them work in practice the the, the emphasis on the RPO uh the 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 involvement of Joe Brady with Steve Ensminger is just a huge positive but they're not going to show much in the spring game and and I hate to get your hopes up um if you're looking for them to air it out and I think they they'll do some certain certain things to um showcase a little bit of what they've done but they are going to be super vanilla so don't get your hopes up there's just too much on the line for them especially early in the season they'll probably be vanilla again uh to kick off the season before heading off to texas in week two uh so it, it's uh it's an offense that's developing but they have been airing it out. The RPO and the uh deep shots down the field are, are just something that they've really embraced and so this offense uh, is not going to be 
this offense in the season is not going to be what you see in the spring game in Tiger Stadium, so don't get your hopes up um, because they are just not going to show much and put much out there on tape. That kind of wraps up my practice and coaches clinic kind of tidbits on the podcast. And right now, uh, we're going to go to an interview with uh, LSU quarterback Joe Burrow. So here's uh, Joe Burrow uh, last week uh, talking with reporters kind of about how spring practice is going. What was Saturday's scrimmage like? Uh, just like you'd expect, first scrimmage, good things, bad things. But um, for being on the first scrimmage of the year, I think everybody's really happy with where we are. Anything kind of stick out to you? There are a lot of big plays on both sides of the ball. Um, Who had them for you? Uh, Jamar made a couple. Jets made a couple. Terrace made a couple. You know, there were just big plays being made all around the field. And you can tell what kind of talent we have on this team. Do you, do you feel like Terrace and Jamar are really starting to emerge now that they're on campus for that second second year? Yeah, absolutely. You can tell that they've been in this. I mean, I, I guess we kind of came in at the same time. So we've been here for a year now, and we're kind of getting used to each other, getting used to how I throw, getting used to how they run routes. And they're really coming into their own. I was saying that uh, when we were talking last Thursday or so that you had talked to him, said that you were excited about the offense because, like, what you ran Ohio State in high school, is that, is that kind of what's kind of your feeling on it? Yeah, I'm, I mean, this is what I've been doing since I was 13 and 14 years old, so this is what I'm used to, so I can have a lot of input and a lot of suggestions about where we're going and, you know, kind of still evolving right now, and I'm really excited about the creativity and the innovation that we've had. What are the pieces that are familiar to you? Just the RPOs. Um, I don't want to go too in depth because <laughs> you know we're still still building on this. We don't want to give give other teams some some insight into yeah. what we're doing. But um, RPOs are the big thing. With how much of a difference has Joe Brady made? Like, is, do you talk with him a lot and practice? And what's what's that kind of like? Yeah, absolutely. It's, you know, it's been kind of cool to see him and Coach E work together. It's been kind of a seamless transition. Um, you see them working together, create new ideas every day, and you know, Coach E has been great, opening his mind to to new things, and sometimes. <laughs> In spring, the good thing about spring is, you know, you can just throw something out there, see if it works, see if it doesn't. You can't do that in fall camp because you're getting ready to play a whole season. So you can be very creative in spring and and see if you like it, see if you don't. How often has Drew Brees come up? <laughs> a lot, <laughs> a lot. Uh, hopefully, I could be half as good as Drew Brees is. <laughs> so y'all watch film of him? Yes, absolutely. What 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 do you see from him? that you can kind of apply to yourself. Yeah, so they they run routes a little different, and, you know, we're kind of trying to, to go in that direction, so I've watched a lot of him, see how he see how he drops, see how he uses his eyes, and uh, a lot of their concepts are what, what we're putting in. So I've been watching a lot of him just to see how he uses his feet and his eyes to get people open. And we appreciate Joe Burrow for joining us media folk to talk about uh, LSU's offense and kind of how things are going. There was no player media availability this week. There were some conflicts going on. Um, so uh, instead of having fresh, fresh, fresh audio, uh, we have Joe Burrow uh, there for you guys from, from late last week talking about the offense. So I uh, hope you guys enjoyed that. And um, with that, we'll be back right after this with more uh on LSU's matchup with Michigan State. 
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And welcome back to the Go 24-7 podcast. Jumping right into LSU Michigan State. Like I said, tip off 6.09 p.m. Central Time uh, on CBS from the Capital One Arena in our nation's capital. This one should be a lot of fun. Um, this is this is one of those uh, matchups where your career kind of comes full circle. Uh, and it, Matt McQuaid uh, is a senior for Michigan State, and and as I got my start covering uh, uh, basketball recruiting, like really getting into it, uh, Matt McQuaid, uh, I got my start covering SMU, and and. And he was uh, out of the, out of Texas, um, and and he was an SMU commit, and so I thought that was one of the first recruitments that I really followed, uh, start to finish, including when he when he decommitted and then ended up at Michigan State. So um, it is funny. There's a, a I, I searched it on Twitter, but there's a picture of Matt McQuaid, and it's May 2014, and I'm watching him at uh, Nike EYBL uh, five years ago, just too much shy of five years ago. So. Um, and uh, it, it's just kind of funny how, how things come full circle. And, and now this, this could be his last game or it could be him punching his ticket uh, to the Elite Eight tonight against LSU. Um, but this, this game, Cassius Winston, Tremont Waters, Skylar Mays, how does that matchup work out? Uh, Big 12 Player of the Year. And Cassius Winston, um, and then obviously Tremont Waters, one of the best defensive players in the country, and then Skylar Mays, probably the most improved player, at least guard in the country. I mean, he's just done a tremendous job. So, who draws that matchup? How does it work out? That'll be one of the uh, things that I'm watching tonight as LSU takes the floor against uh, Michigan State. Um, but for more on the matchup, we've got a ton of content on go247.com, so check that out. All free, all the players breaking it down, to Tony Benford speaking. Uh, Shea Dixon did an outstanding look back at these players as recruits, and it was it was something else, um, and really, really well done, so I encourage you to check it out. And then um, right now we have an interview with Spartan Tailgates, uh, Stephen Brooks, who joined us from Washington, D.C., to talk about um, LSU, Michigan State. So we'll go to that interview right now. Joining the Go 24-7 podcast is our own Stephen Brooks from our Michigan State site, Spartan Tailgate. Please check them out for the Michigan State State side of everything uh, LSU, Michigan State on Friday night. Uh, Stephen, thanks for this time. Michigan State advances to the Sweet 16 as the two-seed face-off against LSU, 609. Central time tonight in Washington, D.C. How did the Spartans end up in the Sweet 16? Yeah, yeah. So it was a really big deal um, this year. I mean, they've been regulars there throughout 
time as I was tenure, um, for those that are familiar. And, uh, but it was a really big deal to get to the second weekend this year just because they'd had three straight first weekend losses, and uh, among those was losing to a 15 seed. And so the, the first game this year was against another 15 seed, Bradley, and um, it was really tight, really uncomfortable the whole way through. Uh, nobody from the program really wanted to admit that uh, that they were having flashbacks of that Middle Tennessee State game or that they felt any pressure, but if you watch that game, it was pretty evident. They didn't have to say it. Um, it, it was really tight all the way throughout. Bradley uh, really came up, really showed up to play, um, really got into him defensively too. Had a lot of great one-on-one defenders, and that caused some problems. And uh, But they were able to get out of that one, and uh, then they just blew out Minnesota, um, a 10 seed in the second round, and uh, finished with 22 turnovers and still won by 20 points. So that kind of says a lot right there in terms of just how bad they really beat them. Um, they only played once during the regular season, but it is, there's obviously still a lot of familiarity between those programs. And so now they're going to tee it up with LSU, who uh, they haven't seen in decades. And, and in this matchup, uh, Cassius Winston will be probably the big storyline, him matching up and how they match up uh, with LSU, whether it be Tremont Waters or Skylar Mays. But give us a little sneak peek into, into what Cassius Winston is like and, and, and how good of a player uh, he is. Yeah, he, he's, he's fun to watch. I feel like he, it might be hard to sort of get an appreciation for him in one game, honestly. Um, so if Michigan State advances, you know, I would, I can encourage people to stick around and, and keep watching it if they haven't, just because, um, he's not overly flashy. Uh, he's, he's not a great athlete by any means. He's just kind of a, a pedestrian athlete, honestly. Um, not very big, not very strong, not very fast, but, uh, his IQ is off the charts. He's got a tremendous feel for the game. And, uh, like I talked about in our Q and A on our, on both of our sites, um, Tom Izzo, even when he was, before he was signed, uh, said that he could be the best passer since Magic Johnson, which uh, that kind of speaks for itself. So he's going to get about – he averages uh, around seven uh, high, 7.8 or 7.9 assists a game, I want to say. Um, he's really great at getting his teammates involved, really good three-point shooter. And even though I just said that all that about him not being a great athlete, he's, he, he has, he's got some really uh, crafty, tricky shots he'll hit off the bounce. Um a little floater he's got off of a hesitation dribble, some uh, runner type of stuff. He'll make some really bonkers, difficult shots off the dribble, even though he isn't um, lightning quick or anything and can beat guys um, to the bucket like that. So just a really, really impressive offensive player. I mean, he does everything for Michigan State. Um, everything goes through him. If When he's on the bench for the couple minutes of rest they try to give him, it's, it's usually pretty uh, – it's usually pretty uncomfortable for Michigan State. They don't have a, a, a qualified backup right now. And uh, if he gets some foul trouble or anything, if he's, basically whenever he's not on the floor, they just look lost. When he is on the floor, everything is connected. Everything is working through him, and they can look pretty seamless. Um, they want to run in, the, in transition a lot, and he uh, obviously gets that going. So that's sort of the uh, the quick and dirty of, of Cassius, I'd say. Well, any anytime you're comparing a player to Magic Johnson, that's, that's high praise, uh especially coming from Tom Izzo. And um, but on the flip side of things, kind of a negative uh, for, for Michigan State this year has been some of these injuries. And But a positive is for them is that they battled through them. And, and like you said, they're, they're here in the Sweet 16. They, they've kind of, uh, you know, bust the trend of, of those early exits in the NCAA tournament. What are some of those injuries and, and kind of how big are, are they? Because I know a lot, there's a lot of talk that Michigan State probably should even be a one seed in this tournament. 
Yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty uh, it's pretty amazing to look at what they've been able to do, um, just considering the the road that they've taken to get here to win the the regular a share of the regular season Big Ten title and then to win the tournament. Um, so it really goes back to the first major one was Joshua Langford. Uh, he was a starting two guard. He uh, got hurt in the last non-conference game, and and they ended up they were trying to figure it out for a little bit, and eventually he got ruled out for the season. So he hasn't played since December. He's a 15-point uh, game scorer. Um, he's one of their captains, one of their best leaders, one of their best uh, on-ball defenders too. So when he went down, everybody kind of assumed the ceiling, uh, you know, went down a few pegs in terms of what they could accomplish this season. But since he did go down so early, they they really adjusted and. Cassius, for all that praise I just gave him, he really became that player in January and February. I mean, he was a good player in November and December, but he really became a star and the Big Ten player of the year um, after the turn of the year. So they were able to make up for him pretty well, but then uh, Kyle Arnes suffered an ankle injury in the championship game of the Big Ten tournament, and he's not like a – you know, his numbers aren't great. He's he's not an outstanding player, but he's a veteran player. And um, he plays his role well, and he, most most importantly, he was able to give him about 20 minutes on the wing. Um, you know, a veteran guy out there for about half the game, and so he's not there anymore either because of an ankle injury, and that uh, has forced some younger wings into the lineup. Um, so that's sort of a weakness right now, the wing depth, because they are playing guys that just don't have the the reps that he did as a fourth year uh, redshirt junior. And then with five games to go in the regular season, uh, Nick Ward. Uh, fractured his hand against Ohio State, and he's their best low post scorer. Uh, he's been a starter for many years now. And once he went out, that was probably the most impactful because Xavier Tillman stepped into the lineup, and uh, he's a lot more athletic, big, a lot more versatile on both ends. And uh, they started just ball screening the heck out of people and letting Cassius make decisions off of those, and it really changed the look of this team, um, especially on offense. But he, he adds a lot defensively because he can – um, he's, he's, he's their best ball screen uh, big man defender as well. So we've seen him switch out on guards and, and handle his own and whatnot. So uh, those are the three uh, sort of headliners. And then Matt McQuaid, who's a starter and a captain, he missed a couple games. And even Cassius hasn't missed games, but he's been dealing with a toe thing lately. He's had, a, he's had sore knees and tendonitis he's been dealing with the last few weeks of the season. So, they really are kind of a ragtag group right now, but somehow they've been able to pull it all together, and here they are. Well, I think it's a credit to Tom Izzo and just what he's been able to do. I think we're in for a treat in Washington, D.C. I uh, appreciate the time, Stephen, and, and I'll see you uh, Friday night, and, and we'll uh, we'll be covering this, this this two versus three matchup in the NCAA tournament. So appreciate the time and, and uh, enjoy the game on Friday. Sure, sure. Looking forward to it, man. Thanks for having me on. And we appreciate Stephen's time on a busy week uh, to catch up with us about LSU, Michigan State. Um, for more on Michigan State side of things, check out SpartanTailgate.com. For the LSU side of things, that's what you really want to hear about, right? Uh, check out Go247.com. We will have all your coverage this evening uh, from Capital One Arena, pregame, postgame, during the game. Uh, check us out, uh, Go247.com. We appreciate you guys listening uh, to the podcast. Again, we're, we're back uh, twice a week. So check us out. Leave us a review on iTunes, please. 
uh, rating and a review or however you listen to us, check us out and hit that subscribe button for me uh, when you guys can. Next week, we'll return to more of our regular scheduled programming. Uh, Sonny Ship Shea Dixon joining the pod. I'm going to try to get Gabe Brooks on here. He's the uh, Texas, Louisiana Midlands uh, recruiting analyst and and with... Um, with some rankings uh, about to drop relatively soon. I want to get him on to talk about the new 2021 rankings and kind of uh, the thought process there as uh, some of these uh, uh, Louisiana rankings get updated, some of the Texas rankings get updated, and then nationally, of course, uh, but we'll kind of focus on the region with that. So with that, hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. Have a great weekend. Um, Enjoy the game tonight, and uh, keep it locked on Go247.com.